Praise God for His faithfulness and His Spirit and His willingness just to touch our hearts. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this day. Lord, I thank You for Your book. Lord, and I thank You for just, Lord, all the lessons we can learn from it. Thank You we can come here, Lord, sing songs, and Lord, worship a God that answers our prayers. And Lord, for this time, I just ask that You touch our hearts with Your Word, Lord, and just, uh, Lord, that we might change the way that we are to be more like You. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Second, or, uh, first Kings chapter number 18, if you would today, this morning. <clears throat> first Kings chapter number 17. Um, I don't see any visitors, some visitors. I am not the pastor. <laughs> so pastor is out. Um, he is doing good. He did test positive. So because he loves y'all, he's going to stay home and not share it with everybody. So pastor's at home right now, and uh, I'm praying, you know, that he'll be back here Tuesday, Wednesday, and Lord willing, you know, for uh, Resurrection Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that. He is doing good. Like I said, I talked to him. He was laughing. I said, oh, come on, you can do it. He goes, no, I just, I better not, you know. So love the pastor and just, you know, uh, and he loves all of you. You know that. So, uh First Kings chapter number 18, it's one, a very familiar passage here. And, uh, about Elijah. It says, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go show thyself unto Ahab and I will send rain upon the earth. And in James chapter five and verse number 17, you find out that that was a space of about three and a half years that it was three and a half years is what it says. Another form of half that tribulation. Um, but it, it didn't rain for three and a half years, right? There's a famine going on. And Elijah went up there to Ahab and he says, it ain't going to come back unless by my word, right? And Elijah in verse number two went to show himself unto Ahab and there was a sore famine in Samaria. You know, if I was going to outline this thing, it would be, uh, you got some showdowns in here and we're going to read it just because it's Sunday school and we can do that. We'll read this whole passage, and then I'll just kind of park here a little bit in, uh, in Obadiah. But if I was to outline this, you'd see this. You'd see the showdown of Elijah and Obadiah in verse number verses one through or three through sixteen. It says, and "Nahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly, for it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, and Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water." And Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land, unto all the fountains of water, and to all the brooks, peradventure we find grass, and to save the horses and mules alive, that we lose not all the beasts. So they divided the land between them to pass through it. And Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. And as Obadiah was in the way, I like how it says that, as he was in the way, behold, Elijah met him, and knew him, and fell on his face, and said, Art thou my lord Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And this is what he says. He says, and he said, what have I sinned that thou shouldst deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? He says, as the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom where my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. And when they said he is not here, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation that they found thee not. And now sayest, go tell my Lord, Elijah is here. I mean, he's, he's panicking. And it shall come to pass as soon as, as, as I am gone from me that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither I know not. 
And so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find me, he shall slay me. But thy servant fear the Lord from thy youth. He said, you know what? I've been, I've been loving the Lord for a long time. Why are you going to make me do that? You know? He's trying to get out of it. And now sayest, hold on. Was it not told my Lord what I have, what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord? How I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water? And now sayest, go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here and he shall slay me. And Elijah said, as the Lord of the hosts liveth before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. Verse number, and so, and then it's like this. And so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. In verses 17 through 20, you got the showdown of Elijah and Ahab. As then it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? Amen. Ain't that how people are? Yeah. <laughs> it's your fault. We're not going to preach on that, but. And he answered, he says, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, and that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to, to me all Israel under Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450 prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab went unto the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. There's that little showdown. Then in verses 21 through 24, you got the showdown of the people, Elijah and the people. It says, Elijah came to the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? I mean, you've heard that. How many we all heard that verse preached many times, and you've used that phrase right there in many sermons. How long are you going to be over here? How long are you going to be over here? Choose today who you're going to serve, you know. If the Lord God be, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And then the people answered him, not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even only I, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let me therefore give us, let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on the wood and put no fire under. And call, and call ye on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord and the God that answereth by fire. Let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Then you got the then you have the showdown of the prophets of Baal. This is one of the most, as Pastor says, one of my favorite passages in scriptures. I mean, amen. If you're going to get an Old Testament passage, this is one that just goes. This is the passage, man. I mean, this is. If you haven't heard this before, you're going to love it. <laughs> so, and this is the showdown between Elijah and the prophets. It says, and Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, "Choose you one bullock for yourselves and dress it first, for ye are." For ye are many. So he's up against all these prophets. He's up all by himself. And he's just, I mean, this is just, yes. You know what I mean? And he's giving, he said, this is how it's going to go down. And they took the bulk, which was given, verse number 26, and they dressed it and called upon the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar, which that was made. And I like this part, man. This is one of my favorites. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is on a journey, or peradventure he sleepeth and he must be awake. I mean, that's funny. 
when you're up there, I mean, he's all by himself, right? And he's going to go up against these hundreds of prophets. And he's like, look, where's your God? Is he sleeping? Got to shout louder, you know? Come on, let's wake him up. Let's see what he's going to do. It says, and they cried aloud and cut themselves. Now you see people are starting to cut themselves. Amen. That's devil stuff right there. That's the devil. Either trace that all the way back over that maniac Adara. He's sitting above in that graveyard cutting himself. That's just wrong spirits. The wrong spirit. That ain't God. Jesus don't ever command nobody to do that. Not the Holy Spirit anyway. <clears throat> and they cried, verse number 28, cried aloud with themselves after this manner with the knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was past that they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. And there was neither voice nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. You know what? Nothing happened with old Baal. Nothing. And verse number 30, And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. Boy, that is, that's good. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, Unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid them on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice on the wood. I mean, there's a famine. I mean, there ain't been any rain in three and a half years. and You want us to pour all these barrels on the what? He says, yeah. And he said, do it a second time. And they said, and they did it the second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran about the altar and filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at that time of the offering of evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things. At thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and thou hast turned their heart back again. That's what the Lord wanted. That was Elijah's heart too. Then the fire of the Lord fell. By the way, this is that was the showdown, right? But in verses number 38 through 46, this is where God shows up. Amen. Then the fire of the Lord fell down, fell and consumed, pardon me, the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God, the Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said to them, take thee the prophets of Baal, let let not one of them escape. And they took them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and he slew them there. And he killed them all. And Elijah said to Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound and of abundance of rain. So, I don't know how y'all... I imagine that Ahab was just kind of like laying there the whole time like everybody else was once the Lord showed up because everybody was scared. Right? Then Elijah goes down there and he slays them all. Then he comes back up and, and they're still... They're still, you know, Ahab laying there. And he says, Get up. Time to eat and drink. I mean, that's that's pretty good news. 
The funny part is, it's like, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. It's like, where did he just brought food with him? Was there like, I mean, we're going to have a potluck after the service. Was there like some buffet or something, you know? Jezebel packed him a lunch and he's waiting in the chariot, you know? I got no idea. You know, I really don't. But that's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing he had some food in the chariot or something. That's just kind of what I'm, I guess. It says, so Ahab, verse number 42, went up to eat and drink. And then Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. And he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now and look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh, at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea. Like a little, I mean, hold on, I don't want to mess this up. I think I'm, there arises a little cloud of a sea like a man's hand. Just a little cloud. A little cloud's going to do a big thing. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. Like I said, I don't know if he was just waiting there and he's eating his apple, you know, and better prepare your chariot, you know, oh, okay. And then he's out. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and the wind, and there was great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I mean, that is one of the most memorable stories in the Old Testament. It's one of mine, anyway. But I've heard that passage probably preached a whole bunch. Just the prophets of Baal, but... You know, I started looking at this old Obadiah. You know, and he's, uh, you know, he got a little distraught. He had a little bit of, of fear. He was a little scared. He needed a little bit of encouragement. He just wasn't quite walked as far as maybe Elijah did. He hasn't been to that point yet. Which so many of us have. I haven't reached the faith that other people have. You say, oh, but you're up there behind the pulpit. That doesn't mean nothing. And the Lord's a reward of those who diligently seek Him. The Lord gave me something to share with you. But... uh Verse number, verse number two, chapter number 18 and verse number two. We'd just like to talk a little bit about Obadiah. Verse number three, I apologize. It says, and Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. Now, Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. You know, he was a governor. I mean, he's a governor. He was well taken care of in Ahab's house. I mean, he was a, he was a somebody. Oh, Obadiah was. He was a, he wasn't a Baal worshiper. So, I mean, imagine if he was a, wasn't a Baal worshiper, he probably was looked at much like some of us are looked at today when we go out in public or we don't cuss or we just say, you know, praise God. You say that on a job site and you, my favorite when I was talking to my nephew and you know, people say, you know, Jesus Christ. I go, where? (laughs) No, I didn't miss out. You know what I mean? You all might, but I'm not, you know, I mean, you can make light of it, you know, anyhow, but I imagine he was, uh, he was looked at like a Christian today. Bible says he feared the Lord greatly. You know what? He probably didn't do what everybody else was doing. 
He wasn't hanging out over at the old, the bale house. You know, he wasn't going up in the high places in the groves and doing the idolatry, worshiping that false stuff. You know, and I've heard, I've heard preachers preach that this guy was a backslider. And I'm gonna be honest with you, you know, if when you're young in your Christianity and you read that, you're like, yeah, he was a backslider. But I think that when somebody's gonna say that, they're just trying to elevate themselves up in a position that where this guy's not. I'm better than that guy, so he's a backslider because he ain't doing what I'm doing. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. That ain't how it works. This guy needs to grow too. You just might have grown a little bit more. Sorry, I got notes. Pastor, he don't even need notes. <laughs> he's got it. Verse number four says, For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by 50 in a cave and fed them with bread and water. You know, Jezebel killed all these prophets. He says, you know, he's slain the prophets. You look over there in first Kings, right? Chapter 19, 10. This is when Elijah's in the cave and he's pleading there to God. He's talking with God. And he says, and he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down altars, thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. You know, he ki- she killed them all. You say, why is that? I don't really know. I imagine she just hated God. A lot of God haters out there today. They're going to destroy that truth. They don't stand anything for what this book stands for. Maybe she thought by doing that it's going to bring back the rain. Maybe she just couldn't stand Elijah's God. Because it was God that came up and told Ahab... So you know what? It ain't going to rain unless by my word. And they say, you know what? He's the prophet of God. He's the prophet I am. The Lord of hosts. The holy of holy. You know, she just, she just hated God. Hated God's people. But it says there, it says Obadiah, Obadiah hid the prophets. And Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. You know what? That's a noble thing. That doesn't sound like a backsliding Christian to me. I mean, how are you going to preach a message like that? You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's a lot of hiding to hide some people during a famine. A hundred people. Right. Years. That's a lot of covering your tracks. Hey, where are you going? Oh, nowhere. I better find somebody else to do it now because they're all starving in a cave and need some water. A lot of lies being told to cover that up. A lot of bread and water had to be made and taken to those prophets so that their life could go on. There's a lot of people involved, I imagine. You know, I get this, I get, I get Obadiah loved God's people. He loved those prophets. In verse number five, and it says, And Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land, unto all the fountains of water, and unto all the brooks, peradventure we find grass to save the horses and mules alive, that we lose none, lose not all the beasts. You know, I'd like to say this, that they both went to work. Amen. 
Some of your kids are going to find that out Some of you, when you go to work. You know, trials come in everyday obedience to God. When you just go out and do what you're supposed to be doing in everyday life, God will show up. God might give someone that you're going to need to minister to. Amen. In your life. It's not just the preacher's job. It's not just the evangelist's job. It's everybody's job to share the truth. God blesses when you work. When you go out and do something like that, God is going to bless that. I mean, so I was talking with, with Sam, you know. Sam says, Mike, I remember, Uncle Mike, he says, I remember when you weren't saved. <laughs> and then you kind of get like, oh, you know. He says, you came a long way. I remember before, I remember before, man, I had a 67 Chevy pickup when I first got saved. 67 Chevy pickup, a Mini 14, a shotgun, and a 9mm. And some clothes. That's a great testimony. (laughs) Hey, man, what are you doing with that? Only guess. You know what I mean? But uh, I look around now and say, wow, Lord, you've been really good. But I remember before this, one guy, he told me, he says, his name was John Young. I was staying inside of his place. This way, says, you know, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of doing this stuff. And he says, you know what, Mike? This way, he says, he says, go down to one of those daily labor places. He says, good things happen out of those places. So I did. So I went to this daily labor place. I asked my friend Bill if I could stay at his house. I just met my wife now. So I'm staying at my friend Bill's house in just a little shack of a room. And I go down to this place. I get up there and they say, well, you need something that can operate a forklift. So I, I, I say, yeah, I can do it. I go down, go to, I'm operating this forklift. I look down, there's all these masons down there and there's no hod carriers. And I go, oh man, there's a job opportunity right there. So I took advantage of it. So you guys hiring hod carriers? Yeah, we'll hire hod carriers. What do you want? I said, I want this. I had a job with them the next day. I've been doing masonry ever since. 20-some years later. A trade that I originally got into, but through, anyhow, we won't get into that, living in sin, I'll just say that, the Lord put me back into it. I'm just saying they went to work. And they stuck with it. You know what? God don't use lazy people. He used a lot of people. But lazy kind of tough. Verse number 7. And as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him, and he knew him, and fell on his face and said, Art thou my Lord Elijah? I like how it says that he's in the way, not the wayside. In here they're searching for signs of life. They found Elijah when he's looking for all that life. Weren't really looking for God's man. He's out there looking for grass. He's looking for water. But all of a sudden, you know what? Who shows up? The man of God. Found the guy who told Ahab by my word. And he says, my Lord. So evidently, I'm guessing he might have knew him. He knew who he was. I mean, he bows down to him, fell on his face. 
This wasn't an act of worship. This was a reverence out of respect. I mean, he respected him. Excuse me. And he answered and said, I am. Verse number 8. Go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. You know, I'm not sure about this because Elijah, Elijah is a man's man. Can we get an amen right there? I mean, he's a man's man. He is not a girly man. I mean, so I'm not sure right here. I mean, I might read too far into it, but he says, when uh, in verse number, Obadiah was in the way. Behold, Elijah met him. He says, art thou, thou my Lord, Elijah? He says, I am. But he says, but go tell thy Lord. I don't know if that maybe stung a little bit. I imagine it did a little bit. Go tell your Lord. Because Elijah's mannerisms weren't just, uh, I mean, he's Elijah. <laughs> I mean, that's all you guys say. He told the one woman, hey, fetch me some water, you know. And I, like I said, I tried that with my wife. It didn't work out that well. You know, <laughs> you know it doesn't. I didn't have the power of God on me when I did that. I don't know. But then we read over there, he's mocking the prophets. You know, I mean, he's talking over there with a lot with when he reached Elisha and he says, you know what? I'll be I, don't leave. I'll, I'll be back. Yeah, go ahead. Do whatever you want to do. I already told you what I had to do. You know, he kind of walks off. You know, it's like, I mean, the nicest thing I could find that he said in there was when when they finally Elisha gets taken up there and Eli, and Elisha says, ask thou a thing. And he says, I want a double portion of thy spirit. And he goes, thou hast asked a hard thing. But nevertheless. It's almost like he's he succeeded. You know what I mean? He goes, good boy. Good boy. I like that answer. I, I did all right, finally. You know what I mean? That's like the nicest thing he said that I could find. But anyhow, I'm, I'm kind of drifting here a little bit. But but I like how he in this thing, and as Obadiah was in the way. You know what? You ought to meet another believer when you're in the way. And here he's going to do another thing, and he said, you know, he meets another believer there. And he tells him, he says, he says, I am the Elijah. He says, go tell thy Lord Elijah is here. He's pretty much, you know what? You want to, you want to help out with this? You want to help out? Why don't you go tell Ahab, behold, Elijah's here. And he's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you want me to do that? Whoa, 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 whoa. Verse number Nine, thank you. And he said, What have I sinned that thou wouldst deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? Now you got a misconception of sin. That's not at all what happened. Yeah, we can do that sometimes. What am I being punished for this? And you can fear God, but still not trust Him fully 100%. Thank you for that. Amen, Brother Dale. You can. The fear of the Lord, that's the beginning. Right? That's what the Bible says. But then you've got to keep going on. And then there's this progression of walk that keeps going. That keeps going. And we've all been here. We've all been the Obadiah. And if you haven't been an Obadiah, there's going to come a point in your life when you're going to be an Obadiah. Amen. Your faith was increased. I mean, your faith has to be increased. Turn over there to Book Ephesians. Hold your place there. Book Ephesians. Faith 
measured. Grace is measured. Galatians, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 13 says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I haven't quite reached there yet. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? I'm not there. And if you are there, I'll have my notepad ready for you at the end of the service because I want to take some notes. But then it says in verse number, number seven, but unto every one of us is given the grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. It's a measure. You look under the, what I believe is the best defini, definition of unity in verse number 16, God's definition of unity. I don't think there's a better one. It says, from the whole body fitly joined together. This is talking about the body of Christ and how all of us are just supposed to work together. Okay? And it just how everything comes together just to even do this. From the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Amen. It just gets it. It got increased. You got to have your faith increased. You got to meet some Elijah's in your life. I mean, I remember when I first, I remember Brad Whitbrock. I remember when I first met Brad, he was just going over there to Pastor Glenn's church. We'd go down, we'd go street preaching down there at downtown Portland. That guy since then, he, he got, I mean, God called him to preach. God called him to pastor. He went up and he started a church up in Prineville in a tent. In a tent. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a tent on a piece of property. I mean, man, that's a lot of faith. I don't have that. I'm like an Obadiah there. Then he built a huge building. Right? Now they got a church building, huge building. Some of us have been there. Then he said, you know, I'm going to start a church in Africa. <laughs> I went to start a church in Africa. I was talking to Pastor John Wagner the other day. His, his daughter wants to go over. Because they did that, she wants to go over there and help out in Africa. She's going to school to be a doctor. Let's pray for her. Well, now he's, and now he's an evangelist. He turned that over to Pastor John Wagner, and now he's an evangelist. I'm just saying his faith has increased. He's just walking a little bit more. Not that that's what God's called us to do or you to do or this to do, but there's an Elijah that sometimes be put in your life just to encourage you. Am I making sense? You can see here the fear. Turn back over there, verse number 18. Try to, or verse number 9, pardon me, chapter 18. You know, he's starting to get scared. Fear has settled in for his life. In verse number 10, it says, As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom, whither thy Lord hath not sent thee to seek thee. And when they said he is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation, and they found thee not. No, it's just an explanation. These excuses settle in. Reasoning. You know, I like this. You know what? I like being around some men that are confident in the Lord. 
I do. I need that encouragement. Pastor needs that encouragement. You need that encouragement. That we know what they're just gonna they're gonna strengthen your faith. Even if they are a little salty, like Elijah. You're gonna help him with his fears. You know, and here he's just, you know what, he's gonna he's panicking. Fear settled in. And you start chasing those thoughts. What? What's gonna happen? The, the shoulda, woulda, couldas. And he's panicking. And he just gets those thoughts. You know, the Bible says you gotta bring those thoughts into captivity. But sometimes we do that. We just chase it all the way to the end, don't we? Oh man. Turn over there, Second Corinthians chapter ten. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. I mean, sometimes you just got to cast those things down. And when it's sin-related, when it's doubt-related, when you're not trusting in the Lord, you know, fear's got him in verse 11. So then now sayest, go tell thy, go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. Turn over there to Philippians real quick. He's worrying. He's panicking. Anxiety settled in. We've all been there. There's nothing new. But you gotta remember these words. You gotta go to God. You gotta to listen to what the word's gotta say. It says, be careful for, I'm sorry, Philippians chapter four and verse number six. It says, be careful for nothing. You know what this? Don't worry about it. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. You know what? Don't worry about it. And the peace of God which pathes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if anything, any praise, think on these things. You know, you gotta change the way you think. I just heard pastor say amen. <laughs> you do. Get all worked up and just fretting and I don't want to. Then it leads to this, and it shall come to pass in verse number 12 in First Kings, and it shall come to pass as soon as I am gone from me that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither I know not. And so when I come and tell Ahab and he cannot find me, he shall slay me. But thy servant fear the Lord from thy youth. You see the importance of capturing that thought? And he just ran that thing all the way down. Then he's a falsely accusing Elijah. Right? You're just going to be gone when I go tell him. Well, that went over good. <laughs> this is the second time he mentioned slay. You know what he needs? 
Needs encouraged. You know, I'm thankful for the encouraging brethren. Thankful for Pastor. I got a good friend, Joe Brown. He's always encouraging me. Lives over in Kansas. Great guy. I mean, he's just he's Joe Brown. <laughs> you know, he just, I got nothing bad to say about Joe Brown. He encouraged me. Brother Gary, you encourage me. Brother Dennis encourages me. All of you just being here encourage me. Brother Doyle, I will always remember Brother Doyle. I wish Brother Doyle would talk more. <laughs> Every time Brother Doyle opens his mouth, I'm like, what's he going to say this time? Encourage me. I like to encourage others. Verse number 13, Was it not told my Lord what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord, how I did a hundred men of the Lord's prophets, hid a hundred the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water? You know, that sounds a little bit like Elijah when he's in the cave. Just kind of, hey, what about this? What about that? But you can't just keep going back to, wasn't I told you what I did good back here? Those things that are done where you got those victories back then were always meant to push you further forward. Amen. That's what, that's, you read that with David. David goes up there to, to Saul and the, the Philistines were there. And he says, you know what? There was a lo- there was a lion and there was a bear. And he says, you know what? This Philistine ain't going to be anything different. I'm going to go right through this guy because the Lord's going to hand him into me in my hand. That's what he's talking about. You don't just dwell back and, oh, there was that one time. Yeah, there's that one time. So you can keep walking forward and just keep going. Amen. It prepare you for the future. Verse number 14. It says, And now sayest, Go tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is here, and he shall see, and he shall slay me. This is the third time he's mentioned slay me. You know, fear and anxiety will neutralize somebody. He's afraid he can't do it. Afraid he won't get the job done. Afraid I don't have what it takes. Kind of forgot about God, so to speak. I don't have what it takes. Yeah, God will make, God will help you. I'm afraid of what it might cost. Lord might help you. I might have to give up some things that I love. Alright, you seek be first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. Not subtracted. You know, serving God for Obadiah was life-threatening. Fear of being rejected by Ahab, being killed by Jezebel, the fear of failure will get us all. That fear of just venturing out and just becoming available to God. And this was Obadiah. Man, you got to get a hold of God. You got to get a hold in this book. It's preached every Sunday. It's the only thing that's going to help you. <clears throat> you got to remember some of those verses that he told you. Remember some of those past victories, so you can keep pressing on for that mark. Amen. Turn over there. We'll wrap this thing up. Hebrews chapter four, verse number twelve. 
I said, you can't, you got to change the way you think. Hebrews chapter 4, very, very popular verse. For the word of God is quick. You know what that means? It means it's alive. You read this book and you're like, wow, it's not like reading whatever any other book. This book speaks to your heart. This book speaks to your mind. This book will touch you like nothing else. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And you've got to change the way you think. You've got to get in this book. Turn back over there and we'll finish it up with this. 1 Kings 18. And I like this. This is probably my favorite, favorite part. Verse number 15. And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. You know what Elijah did? He just pointed him to God. He said, you know what, Bobadiah, you know, you got to change your focus. You've kind of been focusing on the wrong things here, buddy. You know what? We're just going to go on for God. Wasn't that Peter's probably not enough time to go to that, but wasn't that Peter's deal? Lord's walking on water. Hey, Lord, bid that I come to thee. And it says, and he went out there, he started walking, and then he see, did what? He seen those waves. Those waves are coming. He goes, oh, Lord, save me. And, oh, thou a little faith grabs his hand. It's when he got his eyes off that focus, off the focus of the Lord. He gives him that assurance and persuades him, like it says over there in Romans chapter 8. Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? He says, God is still with us. Before whom I stand. That's what he says. He ain't a dead God. He said, you know what? I'm still standing by him. He's still here, buddy. He's a lot stronger than Ahab. And he says, I'm going to show myself. You know what? I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to go out there. That's what he did. You know what he didn't do? He didn't argue with him. <laughs> he didn't. Especially after the false accusations. This is going to go over well. He didn't say, Yeah, I was over here eating bread from crows' mouths while you were sleeping in the, pe- in the castle with Ahab. He didn't say that. You won't find it. You're not going to find it. He didn't debate him. Oh yeah, you got your own good works. You know what? I got my own good works too. You know what? I I, I raised a dead lady's son. I'm a good person. He didn't say that. You know what he did? He pointed him right to God. He didn't lift up himself. Or he didn't even put down Obadiah. 
He didn't even defend himself with the false accusations in verse number 12. But I like verse number 16. So Obadiah went. <laughs> Amen. So Obadiah went. Hey, you know what? All right. You win, Elijah. I'll go. Like I said, I didn't want to go through all this. I mean, there's a lot to be said about Obadiah. I don't hear anybody ever hear Obadiah, Obadiah getting preached on. Not much. But I like how gracious Elijah was to him. He said, you know what? The power's in the Lord. That's where I'm going to stick with. He restored his confidence. And he went and faced his fear. He just got to trust a little bit more. He just encouraged a little bit more. Just to go out there and and fight. Amen. That's all I want to do. I like being around people like that. Even if they're a little bit salty. It's usually them salty ones that actually help you out. Amen. Iron sharpeneth iron. You gotta you gotta get something rubbed off on you a little bit, you know what I mean? Can't just be rose petals and whatever, silk clothing. <laughs> If that made any sense, but man, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for some Elijahs in my life. I'm thankful that I've been corrected that way. Because we all got some growing to do. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this message, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for Obadiah. Lord, I thank you for Elijah. And Lord, help help us, Lord, just to have grace with other believers, Lord, and just encourage one another, Lord, in the faith, Lord, and just uh Lord, that we just bring about unity and love, Lord, with one another. Lord, speaking the truth in love may grow up into you, Lord, like your Bible says. Lord, I thank you for this time. Thank you for everyone here. Lord, touch their hearts and bless them the only way you can. In Jesus' name, amen.